Hello everyone, it's the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast, and today's episode is mainly about sex magic, because all them dirty Patreons, Chris, they've been wanting to know about the sex magic. They're obsessed. And now we've got to talk about, we've got to talk about sex magic. In the Facebook group, I did put a little thing out to ask people what specifically they want to know, so I have got a list of ten questions that they want to know about okay so the first question from the group was is the banana your handiwork liam the question that's not really a very good question now is it come on that's not my banana there is not a picture of my banana in the group no no one's seen a picture of my banana on facebook anyway um so no, that banana is not my banana. Um, the second question is: Has the banana been circumcised? Well, do you see a skin on it? <laughs> For those not in the No Holes Barred Witchcraft Facebook group, the secret Facebook group, you'll have to go in and have a look, and you'll have to say whether you think it's circumcised or not. So um, we've got a third question, right? Why is it when it comes to sex? Men need instructions. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Men don't need no instructions. They just lie there, don't they? Have you ever in the bedroom asked (laughs) for instructions? Have you ever asked for a manual? Never. No? No. Why would I need a manual? You've never asked a question during sex, ever? Asked questions? Yes, but not during. Not during. Not sure. But how do you know if it's if it's too if the handcuffs are too tight? <laughs> if you don't ask them. I was just gonna. Oh, it's the, the obviously gag. the blue circulation. For those that don't know the answer to that question, because if the if the hands are going blue, that means it's on a little bit too tight. So when you, I don't like handcuffs. I prefer like the you know that really itchy rope, the rope that kind of scratches at your skin. I really like that. So what you need to do is put a finger between that and the rope and then start tying it. And then when you've tied it off, the rope will be on there, but it will be a little loose. It can move around so it won't constrict the person. It's a little bit more complicated if you're tying rope around people's necks, though. But to be honest with you, that hasn't got a huge amount to do with magic. So... I'm sorry, the person that's asking all about these are questions that are in regards to just the sexy parts. We're actually talking more about sex and magic. So this next one, we're finally getting down the list to the ones that are actually related to sex magic. So, Chris, the practical uses of common applications for sex fluids as human sacrifice a la Alistair Crowley so sex fluids is that a sacrifice depends how ugly he is I guess sorry yes, sorry was I that not the question you were asking no but you do bring up a good point so if you're gonna do a sex ritual say you've been invited to one of these Wiccan ones a great rite or something like that is the sacrifice the fact that you have to sleep with a uh, ugly neo-pagan, or is the sacrifice 
the fact that you're giving up the juices. We'll just leave it at that. I just can't believe you said juices. Well, what would you want to say? Fluids? I didn't Fluids was fine. That sound, that... No, please don't. The, um... Okay, I won't do it. This is a podcast, okay, so it is all back. about the audio. But I, I, can do sacri- I, I can do sacrifice and I can do sound clips as well. So just bear that in mind. No, it's fine. So the um, so yeah, so the the big part about that is uh, is about what is the sacrifice. So nine times out of ten, it's actually giving up the orgasm. Um, so, so the fluids. No, actually, not so much the ugly person. <laughs> no, as in giving it up. So often when you've given sex magic as payment, so we're talking about petition work here. When the petition work is, you know, I'm going to give this. Um, sometimes you'll lose the orgasm. So. Oh, so like a fake orgasm, right? Okay, so you're pretending to do it. You're giving up the fact that you're not going to have or, an orgasm. No, as in all the placing it with a fake. No, all the build up is there, and then right. you're stolen, where that certain deity has taken the taken the the orgasm part. So everything works as it should. Ex- as the person... And you just experience nothing. Doing... Right, so as the person doing the sexy time, you you get the build-up, but you don't feel the... The release. Explosion. The release, yeah? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. So that's just given away as an offering, I suppose, yeah. to the spirit. Is that what you're saying? So would there be some sort of possession going on there ritual possession or what does the deity just come in when it's time for you to come in (laughs) (laughs) how does that work we all want to know is this whole episode going to be like are you going to be like this i think we all know that it will be (laughs) okay so no i'm not talking about possession work that's a very different kind of sex magic and we'll get to that because i'm sure it's on the list um no, what I'm talking about is offering up the part that is most enjoyable to you. So that is a sacrifice. So, you know, I'm, it's a bit more noticeable when you don't uh, complete the motion to the other person. Because you can't just fake that bit. What, or, you know, if you're in certain gay circles, I'd probably just say you just spit on their back, don't you? That's how you fake an orgasm. <laughs> but the uh... well, <laughs> I've done that before. But that... I don't know. I'm right. So, so this idea of giving the whether it's the male or the female partner is essentially the release, and particularly if this the male often comes with fluids. Yes. Yes. So. In that Facebook group that Brian runs, you know he was talking about these uh, these little cracker biscuits he makes for offerings. Is that what they're for? Do you, like, scoop it up with the cracker and then leave it on the altar afterwards? How oh. does that work? Because obviously there's physical fluids in there. So what do you do with the physical fluids? Does that just not actually happen? There's no physical fluids? Or... Do they just disappear midair? Because I can relate to that. I don't. I think you're missing the point, Liam. 
I think somebody's never right. taught you about what actually orgasms are, Liam. Oh, okay. So the ejaculate well, is, the is not the orgasm. The orgasm is the messy bit, isn't it? No. You, oh, you, can, okay. you can release without an orgasm. Most men do. But it's no fun. No, but that's what I'm saying. So the sacrifice would be to give up the fun bit. Okay. I don't well, know why is this so difficult. <laughs> I don't see what's so difficult for you to understand. But yeah, but what what where where's the fun in that? Why would you want to do that though? Because it's a sa- that's a true sacrifice, Liam. Going without is not my strong point. <laughs> so, like I said, we're talking about different kinds of sacrifice. So, obviously, you doing something that is just going to be enjoyable anyway and going, oh, well, there's magic in that. That's different. You asked the question about sacrifice. Okay. So, if, for example, you abstain from sex completely because Yahweh says that it makes the baby Jesus cry. Yeah. All of that pent-up rage and frustration, the sexual frustration, is that energy that's being fed upon by the deity that says no sexy times allowed? More than likely. Because if you think about it, abstaining from sex can make you very sexually frustrated, and there's a lot of pent-up frustration and anger there. And I would imagine that that's quite a lot of energy to actually feed on. Certainly. But rather than giving and abstaining from sex completely, what you're talking about is still giving the deity some energy, but you're doing the fun parts and the build-up, but then at the end you just don't feel anything. Yeah, there's no climax. Does the deity feel it, though? I'm assuming they do. they just do. feel the energy? Do you think they feel it, do you? Well, if it's not there for you, then it's got to be there for them, surely. Do they think, ooh, someone's praying to me? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's what I'm going for. Aphrodite must have a very interesting day to day. <laughs> so, Aphrodite works in a completely different kind of way. Okay, she doesn't steal people's orgasms now. She doesn't steal people's orgasms, no. So, if you were to send her an orgasm, she wouldn't accept it, she'd just send it back, would she? Probably. Would this be in, like, the Wiccan where where she sends it back threefold so it's three times stronger? <laughs> People at home can go away and think about this and practice that. Why don't you practice? The first bit of sex magic you should do is to go and give away your orgasm to Aphrodite and see if she accepts it or sends it back three times stronger. <laughs> and we want you to tell us in the comments on the Noel's Bard Witchcraft uh, podcast Facebook group. Hope. Go away and do that because that's 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 genuine occult scientific experimentation there. Yeah, and just hope that she doesn't send it back while you're in the queue at Asda. Well, it would be immediately, wouldn't it? There wouldn't be a delay, surely. Don't know. It depends how far away she is, I guess. Oh, you see, I was thinking that this was working like on a quantum level, whereby 
<laughs> it'll be all instantaneous. <laughs> so she could say, oh, I don't want that, and then send it back. <laughs> Maybe she's got an answer phone. <laughs> what, an answer phone for orgasms? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all collected on the Cosmos. Right, okay. And then you just then you just play them back all at once if you want them. Oh my gosh, can you imagine that? <laughs> anyway, so we need to we need to get back onto onto the subject. So the uh, practical uses and common applications, sex fluids as human sacrifice. So we'll talk about human sacrifice in the form of fluids, because that's got kind of a history to it. And then we'll talk about um, the practical uses on applications of the fluids themselves, because that's slightly different. So rubbing the fluids in your poppet yeah. to form a link, you know, that's yeah. obvious, I think. Yeah, stealing people's, stealing people's DNA. Skin, nails, hair, blood and saliva and uh, sex fluids. Yeah can be one of those things that you could just use as a pop you know for puppet work or for getting that connection that's always possible i think people kind of understand that though isn't there also that old traditional name for it as well that they use in, in a lot of witchcraft something like the uh seed of lilith something like that is that right The seed of Lilith. I've heard of the spawn of Satan, but I don't think I've heard of the seed of Lilith. So it's, um, you know, vaginal fluids during consummation. Right. Now, if you're collecting said vaginal fluids, what would be the best approach for that? Do you use one of those little, tiny little uh, glass vials that you get from the works, or do you just stick the poppet head straight up? Straight up? <laughs> oh, wow, Liam. Why do you always have to go that one step if, too if far? If it's an apple-headed doll, do you just wipe it round the rim, or do you stick it straight up? Wow, Liam. Wow. You just can't be... It's just... Anyway, sorry viewers, listeners, whatever you call yourselves. Um, yes, Liam, Liam's uncontrollable when we talk about sex magic. He's like a five-year-old sniggering at the word willy. Um, <laughs> see? Like that. I mean, come on, who actually calls it a willy for crying out loud? Uh, it's what you say to small children. You're not going to say cock to a five-year-old, are you? <laughs> but don't you say stop, private stop, parts? Stop playing with your cock. Like, no, that doesn't really work that way, does it? You'd say... I, we were always told there was private parts. You'd say you all those words... You'd say all those other words, like todger. Your front tail. Right. I don't know how you do things up the north, but down here you basically say private parts and we don't discuss them in public. No, I think that's the Christian household you grew up in. It's got fuck all to Maybe. do. It's got fuck all to do with the Maybe. rest of us. Anyway, back on track. Right, so are we, are, 
Yeah, back on track to human sacrifice and fluids as a sacrifice. Have we covered that? I can't quite remember. No, we haven't. Well, I've talked okay. about one way of sacrificing. You're talking about the actual fluid itself as a sacrifice. Yeah. So in that situation, you're talking about it being representational magic, DNA, um, the potential for life, those sorts of things, and about, you know, um, giving giving up the potential for life. So that kind of seed mm. aspect there. So where some will say that, you know, every, every single time has the opportunity to be. So therefore, you're sacrificing a piece of yourself. Obviously, it's with men, it's not so easy. I don't, you know, um, it's too easy for you to make that sacrifice over and over again. But I'm not quite sure what the female equivalent would be. It's not like you can go and sacrifice one of your eggs. Like that involves operation. Um, and needles and things in order to get it out so is is it the where's the where's the sacrifice part there um other than like i say giving up an orgasm or whatever which i hear in the straight world is quite precious to a woman they don't get many <laughs> oh <laughs> Well, there are devices for that. When I worked at Love Honey, we'd sell lots of them. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, I think I think we've got a friend, haven't we? The dark pastor, who's well into their equations and mathematics and that. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's a mathematical formula for determining, like, how many orgasms given away or how many sperms and that given away equals an actual sacrifice because all of these aztecs and that they're always sacrificing people aren't they right yeah so the people are alive and they've been born but technically all those little sperms are possible potential people so how many potential people need to be sacrificed to equal an actual human sacrifice. So instead of sacrificing a human, could you just get the tribe together and say, look, we need to fill this jar <laughs> with a certain thing. And then when it gets to the rim, we know that is the equivalent of a human. Does it work like that? I don't know. There must be some sort of mathematical theory. I don't know. I don't know how... I don't think they would feel that. See, that maths was... goes over my head, but if we had to work things like this out during school, I'd have probably paid more attention. Okay, if you got it, if you and a bunch of your mates had got to come in a jar, you'd suddenly be interested <laughs> in math. If I can pick the mates, then yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, also it makes stop, sense stop because going that off that topic. Makes sense they want. To to... We're I supposed understand. to talk about real witchcraft. Well, we are talking real witchcraft, because everyone knows that if it don't involve fluids, it's not real witchcraft. Oh. <laughs> Did you get that from your mate, Keldon? <laughs> I don't think Keldon deals with all of the fluids and the like. I think Keldon's still dealing with the... Um, well, I think he's too busy copy and pasting those old Scott Cunningham <laughs> books and then transmuting them to... Uh, traditional witchcraft as we know <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure anyway what was have we even covered the question 
that you you just did i mean we've spent enough time talking about it. we spent 19 minutes out of a one hour podcast talking about this question so i think we've covered it and we do have another what six ish questions i think okay what's the next one astral sex a la gaudi and if energy exchange means stealing energy so having sex on the astral plane and then the idea of energy exchange because you can steal energy or you can be given energy so i don't know i think that that's a a kind of you just need to think about how you're getting the energy with that if you're taking the energy and you're say with someone and that person isn't a magical practitioner just say they're a one night stand and you might be a pleasure in them and they just have a tendency to exude all of this energy right still just going out of them everywhere right I don't think necessarily taking that is stealing because they're getting rid of it anyway for me, that's like going through the next door Naples recycling bin to get all the good jars and bottles out. It's yeah. not really stealing, is it? Because they're no, throwing it they're away. They're throwing it away anyway. So, but it depends on how. I suppose it depends on how you're harvesting it. If you're walking into someone's sex dream and stealing their energy from their sex dream when they don't really know you're there or invited you, that's probably a little bit more like stealing. But if you're actually in an act and you on an astral level are borrowing someone's energy then you're just using up what's available that's being uh, energy conscious yeah well i suppose people might think well if i'm just going into someone's dream it's not that much of a problem surely and they're still not using the energy but the equivalent really literally is you breaking into someone's house hiding in their cupboard and then stealing the energy while those two people are going out on the bed now that's creepy yeah that is literally the equivalent of doing the kind of dream walking and stealing the energy there you are kind of breaking in and Stealing all the sexy time. So I'd say that's stealing. But I don't have a problem with going through the neighbours recycling. No, no. I can, I, can see, I can see what you mean. But yeah, so drawing on the actual kind of uh, what how you're doing that there is a case of actually understanding what someone else's energy body looks like. And feeling the energy that exudes from them during that particular time and then bottling it essentially now there are various different ways of doing that but the uh, you know the obvious one would be a rose quartz crystal wouldn't it I mean um, you know some kind of stone vessel one of those selenite ones wouldn't it oh no you've got to be careful about those they dissolve <laughs> <laughs> oh. those ones dissolve you don't want to get them too close to any liquids well they disappear dissolving is the magic that's just the magic happening in it oh, okay. Soap. Oh, okay every time you wash yourself it goes you know the soap gets smaller so you know this magical selenite it can't last forever can it space space you're just using it up like a chapstick yeah, because otherwise they wouldn't come back and buy more from us, would they? Come on, you've got to think like a capitalist. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, is that how it works? When have we ever sold selenite? Definitely. 
No, but we might have to this. <laughs> what? We might have to put it in a little sex magic um, <laughs> box <laughs> or something. It is your sexy bar. It safe. would sell. Don't pretend like it wouldn't sell. It probably a box would. Of sex magic with random stuff in would definitely sell. Right. So have we covered that or not? Well, I can't even think what the question is because you're not taking this very seriously. Well, someone asks about how to use energy generated. So how does that actually work? So I oh, think okay. expanding on that, we talk about how to actually use the energy. And then going into the Patreon, maybe we can start talking about astral sex, because that's not necessarily just to do with magic and manifestation and that. That can just be to do with fun, can't it? Yes. So yeah. We'll cover that. In for the beginners utilizing energy and using sex to generate magical energy yeah. how does that actually work yeah so for me personally i prefer the transmutation of energy it's less messy um rather than trying to collect bodily fluids um which is you know if that's your bag you go and do that um but essentially you're what you're trying to capture is um an essence of somebody normally um or your so signature yeah so you're trying to catch a signature of a person in order to then apply to some kind of craft so at that point it might be to attach it to a poppet of some kind a charm bag anything that you want to work specifically with the signature of that particular person so, you know, whether or not that be, you know, good magic, bad magic or all that's in between, uh, it's about actually having a strong enough connection to cause um, or manifest um, issues for, you know, issues or calm issues for that particular person. So, you know, that's what it's down to is, is signature, is a, an imprint of that person. So... Um, energetically it's a great place to try and do that the main reason being is during that kind of act most people are more open than they are in other situations so in an intimate moment like that there is more opportunity for that person to have opened up to you um, and therefore it's easier for you to you know snag a piece um, of their energetic body or you know the physicality of it there is a um a giving and receiving moment so therefore there is an openness that allows you to access um that if you were just out on the street wouldn't be the same necessarily so you're talking about getting the energetic look so when the um signature sorry so when the old psychic says what's your name and birthday Rather than have sex with you, they just get that energetic link from your name and your birthday and maybe your picture and that. Yeah. But you're talking about sleeping with them yeah. to get that signature. Why would you want to use that method to get that signature? Well, it depends. So, you know, for those sorts of problems, it could be baneful magic for a cheating ex or something like that, where you have one more go. Um, in order to then fuck them up for the rest of their life like it really depends on what you're trying to achieve um, obviously it's an intimate way of taking a signature so the assumption would be that you're trying to do something with someone you have been intimate with 
So whether or not that's, you know, healing magic for a loved one that obviously is an intimate partner, um, those or it's a case of, you know, trying to fuck over somebody that you were once intimate with, those kind of connections can are a great way to kind of get in deeper than you would normally. So rather than taking a skin cell, um, you know, or some nail clippings or or some sweat, this is a um, uh, these are fluids from inside the body. They're only released during that kind of intimate relationship. So therefore, that that gets to a different level of connection than you would a mate. Yeah, it's a it's a vulnerable point where you can get deeper than you probably should be because their their defenses are down. Should we say? Is that the best way to put it? Yeah. To be fair. So whenever I've seen this approach, it's normally been stereotypically a new relationship and the person wants to do some magical work on them because they're currently sleeping together in a kind of new relationship, but it's not like a proper solid cemented relationship. It's kind of just like casual and they want to ramping things up to the next level. So I've noticed that a lot of people will grab the energetic signature, stick it in a doll or stick it in a rock or something like that. It's always like a crystal or a poppet or something like that normally. In order to get that as the signature to program the thing, they're actually working the magic through. So I think we're out of time for the regular edition of this podcast, but we will continue talking and going into detail about maybe the darker sides on the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon. So get yourselves on there now to listen to the rest. Okay, so originally I was kind of thinking about the actual raising of energy. So I was thinking like we talk about that manifestation, how you create a spell and you've kind of got the ideas, intention, journey, how you want the spell to manifest, but then it's all about providing energy for that so I was thinking it purely having sex as a form of creating a little magical power station yeah to do that so because that's what I see a lot of I see a lot of um blogs and chaos magicians and the like saying well if you go and do some masturbation and think about winning the lottery then you want to project your intention onto the orgasm the orgasm will be energy enough to make what you want to manifest manifest that must be a good orgasm to get the lottery winning from that but anyway well potentially but i mean i find that approach to be kind of i can see why a lot of people go wrong because in general if we ignore the sex for now and we just talk about uh scratch testing and getting used to energies and stuff like that you bask in them and you start to work with them and see what you can manipulate within them. Well, filling the room full of a specific energy, whether you're like evoking a planetary power or sphere or something like that, or whether you're going to the graveyard and basking in the, the current of that graveyard, the energetic current, and then manipulating it. Sex holds a specific current. And if you're having sex with someone, then it's also within that current, not just is it going to be that kind of sexual 
magical current anyway, but it's also going to have the flavour of them in it as well. Mm. So, not just sex, as in using it and exploring the current, because you could talk about psychic readings. I mean, when we do our psychic vows, I don't know that many psychics that say, you want a psychic reading, come round the back, mm. quite literally, <laughs> and I'll read you type thing. Mm, yes, I can tell. You're, uh, you've got issues with your mother and father type thing, mm. you know, or a grandma's watching, well, I can tell. <laughs> That sort of stuff. That doesn't happen, does it? So the, the, most people don't tend to use it for readings. I know you do. But <laughs> most of the time I see it discussed... Well, that's true. Most of the time I see it discussed as, okay, it's pure energy and you're utilising and whilst you're, uh, you know, doing your business, keeping the ocean moving, I suppose. Keeping the pleasure... And all of that energy raising up, you're actually programming that energy with it. So you're kind of absorbing it. Like a mill, where water turns it and then that's used to grind shit in the mill. You know, or a, I don't know, a, a, one of those um, giant windmills, turbines, to generate electricity. That's kind of what you're doing. The turbine part, the fan part, is moving. That's the sex. The generator part that's turning into electricity, that's you absorbing the energy into yourself. And I think... And depending on what sort of uh, methods and what sort of sex that you're using, it's going to depend on how you transmute that energy. Yeah. Because if you're lying there and someone's penetrating you, then you're essentially being given all that energy. Mm. But when it comes to you pulling energy out of someone then that might be a different current and then it depends on whether you're in an orgy as well because all these satanists and that and you know you read about these old traditional witchcraft orgies and stuff there's lots of people involved with that old sabrina and the chilling adventures of sabrina they're always doing sex magic aren't they yeah i think i think one one thing that i suppose we've got to mention too is the fact that you've got to be good at transmuting energy if you're going to use a raw flow as such as sex magic then you've got to be able to do something with that energy uh, the nice thing about about it from a practical point of view is like what we're saying is it's readily available for most of us so that gives you a, a plenty of room for the scientific method to go and test it out um, and kind of see what you can do and when you can do it because it's a like you say, it's a mill. It's a it's a regular need of of multiple people. So, you know, there is always going to be, um, a, you know, a well of resource for you to play with there. But the you are actually going to need to be able to transmute that energy, particularly when you're taking energy from somebody else. If you're wanting to then use it for your own purposes and you're not using it as a signature part. So that they're actually the magic itself has nothing to do with the the main the person that you are doing it with. Therefore, you've got to essentially be able to clean up the energy so that it's not going to, you know, muddy your essence when you're, you, you know, with the energy that you're ra raising yourself. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it can be tricky um, if you're, say, you're wanting to use sex magic to go and do. I don't know, a new job spell, 
um, you know, if you haven't got the right level of chemistry down and you've got to do a load of cleaning up of that energy before you release it, it's not a simple, uh, it's, it's whether or not you are capable of using it as pure energy or if um, so you're able to actually separate it from its signature so that it doesn't muddy the spell that you're doing. Hmm. So I'm likening it to invocation and evocation because we got Witch Whisperer on, obviously. So I got to link it back to that. Shout out to everyone trying to do Witch Whisperer. Um, if you think general spellcasting, like the sort of people that do a charm bag, maybe or a candle spell, that's kind of like evocation. All the magic's going on in this in the candle. In the ingredients, the physical ingredients you're using, it's kind of outside of the body. And although you might take energy from inside your body and energy from out and about and meld it and need like kneading um, dough, mixing up to make breads and that. It's kind of like that. You're doing it all with your motions of your hands, the ingredients you're using. If you're grinding that powder, you're pulling that into the powder or making it into the oil. With this sort of magic, is more like invocation because all of that energy and all of the programming and all the stuff essentially is going on inside you. If you're on top of that man and you're riding that man, you're pulling the energy up into yourself, programming it in yourself, and then sending it out to wherever it needs to go. So you've got to think the energy for the sex magic is all going on inside of you. Now, you can be a little bit more complicated and you can use your sexual partner or partners as a kind of incubator to house the magic in and have it inside them. I kind of think of it like one of those little perspex boxes with the gloves that are attached to it that like scientists use for handling dangerous chemicals and like that sort of stuff. If you're doing something dodgy-ish, then you can go and pull a one night stand and use them as a host, couldn't you? And use the magic as a power source and that kind of thing. But that's framed upon ethically, so we won't talk about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we'll talk about the basics. Because again, energy generation. If you can't do basic spell work, you're probably not going to be able to do this. And if you have a grounding in basic spell work, then of course you should know and be able to start sensing the energies that you're dealing with. The difference is, is that all of those energies will be external to yourself. You'll sense them in the room, you'll sense them on the table. All of the ingredients and the powders and that that you're making, it should all be the energy in that powder, being pushed into that powder. Whereas with the sex magic, you need to think of it as you are pulling all of that energy into yourself or pushing it into the partner and then melding it and manipulating it that way. I think that using sex as a power station for a magical energy is probably the, the go-to kind of sex magic theory and practice that's what most people i think that do sex magic want to do um and certainly that's what you hear about when they give you 101 sex magic to do it's all about oh well you want to cast a spell then do it this do it like this um but that's really no different than any other work that's no different than going outside standing in the rain and you having the rain 
beat down on you and absorbing all of that energy in and manipulating that is no different than standing outside and doing that kind of weather magic. If you're good at weather magic, you'll be good at sex magic, I think. And if you're good at sex magic, you'll be good at weather magic because it's similar currents, yeah. essentially. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, it's all about crescendo. But the, um, yeah, the other part I probably will add there is just that, you know, don't assume that you've got to use the magic in that time. Um, so there is always a case of, you know, I use sex magic all the time to charge candles. Um, you know, with a particular kind. Oh, I wondered why your candles looked like that. <laughs> um, so, you know, you can you can charge candles with, you know, or other other things you can charge with. It doesn't need to be candles, but, you know, there is that kind of that then when you light the candles, it releases the energy again. Um, so, you know, that's the but then maybe I learned that from that Aphrodite and uh, her answering machine. But, you know, that might be that might be where I got that from. But the um, there is this kind of, you know, the energy doesn't have to be used up in that moment. Um and obviously, because let's face it, we don't always have sex when we're convenient, uh, you know, when it's convenient. So, you know, you might not be in the right frame of mind. And that's the reason that you're having to go and have sex. Um, so, you know, you might need to make that change later. Um, but yeah, obviously you can, it, like anything, it's about raising energy and where you, what you do and how you use it. Um, I don't know, I felt like I needed to say that just because... It started to sound like it's for one, you know, for our single use magics, which I don't think either of us would agree it's, it can only be used for single use magics. No, but that is generally, if you Googled how to do sex magic, that's the sort of magic you'd probably find is that sort of approach. You just using it as a means of raising energy and then programming it and send it off, I think, stereotypically. Um, Okay, so the next question, the repercussions, either in the astral or in the physical world, when sexy time happens. So there are repercussions to not use in protection in the physical world, that you might get an STD or you might get pregnant. Um, but then are there repercussions on an energetic level or astrally or anything like that? interesting well, like, I, like i said before like it comes down to what we were already saying um about you know you're at a vulnerable point or someone else is at a vulnerable point then so you know it is borderline uh vampirism in order to actually make uh, make some of these magics happen if you're using someone else's frequency to ride yours higher then obviously or lower then obviously you know that's a little bit different there are kind of aspects of consent involved in all of this of whether or not they are like we're saying is this the recycling bin looking for um looking for jars that they were going to throw out anyway or is this kind of you know breaking into somebody's house so you know it goes back to to that um those dichotomies of whether or not you, you feel that it is one of those two things but the the openness part is something to be watching out for um you know because that's where 
you are susceptible to the same. So like I was saying before with the separating out of their signature um, from your own, um, if you're wanting to use that magic for something completely different, it is that kind of protection part of you are opening up. So, you know, it takes a different level of skill for you to take energy from that sort of moment and not be affected by it. Um, so, you know, you are opening and you are vulnerable, potentially, at that point. So, you know, if you've agreed a certain contract with with said spirit, um, what is to say that they have you haven't made sure that your contract is for a one-time deal and not every orgasm you get for the next five years or the rest of your life. Like there is that kind of part of when you are taking that to a petition level kind of magic working with sex magic. Is it one time? You know, is it every time? Could you then use that same magic for a different petition to a different spirit? Or has it already been tainted by the fact that you've used it with one particular spirit? Hmm. Okay. So for the last 15 minutes or so, because we were specifically asked to go into quote-unquote the darker stuff, is what a specific person's asked for, we are going to dedicate the remainder of this podcast to dealing with some very, very unsavoury topics with regards to sex magic. So, if you don't want to listen to us talk about things such as sexual assault or anything like that or if you have a sensitive disposition then please switch off now because everything else is going to be a little bit more to say unsavory might be an understatement but we did say we would cover it and we are now on the patreon so Goodbye for all of our friends that don't want to listen to the nasty stuff. And if you're listening now, we are going to talk about some of the other things that we've been asked to talk about. So, with regards to rape, that's an obvious one. You can kind of get the perspective that if you've got a psychic vampire, or if you've got someone that wants to utilise and steal other people's energy, and they want some thick kind of sexual pleasure as well then rapes a go-to one for that it makes sense you can see how that works can't you however one thing that's generally more i wouldn't necessarily say dangerous but generally something that you don't see come in is the exploitation so if you think because this happens enough in um funnily enough, new agey kind of magical practice. If you think you know a little bit about sex magic and you've got some guru or whoever that's offering to teach you sex magic or is offering to help you with your sex magic, what you don't necessarily understand is that you could be doing your sex magic, winning your, you know, charging up your lottery ticket or whatever the hell with them, and they might be using you and your energy and your body and that for something quite different. And you might not necessarily be aware of that. So when this regards uh, magical practitioners and so say mentors and the like that exploit magical practitioners, hashtag baby witches, the inexperienced, 
and either offer it to teach, and then they exploit them, or they just use people in general. So the danger there is that you don't necessarily know what they're up to. But the important thing is that with sex magic, like with any form of magic with another, per another person, you either need to be 100% in the driver's seat or you need to be able to trust the other person 100%. So I'm not saying that you can't go away and do magic with other people, but remember if you do and you're not in control, then bad stuff can happen. Also, if you go into it and you're not necessarily knowing what's going on, then you can be in for a bigger surprise than just feeling drained afterwards and being depleted. Because a lot of people will think, well, they're just using me for my energy when that's not the case. Remember the old incubation that we talked about earlier. So sex magic as a weapon, Chris, sex as a weapon, or sex magic as a means of entry, I suppose, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things, because I think someone did talk about um, creating stalkers like a drug for mundane. So they're talking about basically feeding on mundanes, I think, from an energetic perspective by sleeping with them and then them getting addicted. So that's kind yeah. of a lust thing. They sleep with you, they lust after you, you sleep with them and you drain them like a vampire. We're not necessarily talking about that. We're talking about the dangers of not them taking energy from you, but them putting something in you that ain't just a hard rod. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's true. Because like you said, the opening, isn't it? There's an opening there where you're opening yourself up on levels that very often, because sex is one of those experiences that are overwhelming you as a magical practitioner and particularly if it's a mundane or no opening up levels of themselves which they're not fully in control of and unaware of themselves exactly so so yeah it's it's one of those where you have the potential to put open yourself up to a particular level of risk which is why you know, unless really good at this, you probably shouldn't be trying this with strangers. So it should be a case of you know you know the sexual partner well enough for you to be able to be in control of the situation. Um, and that's the big part of it. Again, bringing up the word consent again, um, obviously, if you're just taking a slice off the top of the energy that they're, ex you know, exuding at the point, that is less something that needs to be concerned about you know that's like like we're saying that that's the recycling bin um but the question is whether or not how how are you gauging how much energy is the right amount to take or or the right amount of energy to give you know not all sex magic is about taking energy sometimes with if we're going to talk about sexual healing um then you have you have the potential to do uh, you know, great. But again, you've got somebody that is fractured in some way, shape or form. Have you got enough control to give the right amount of energy that's required? Or like you said, is this drug dependency? 
where you're giving them a really good shot of heroin unintentionally to the point that they then need to keep coming back for that fix every time because they're not capable of feeling that you know getting to that state without you being there um and there you go you have all sorts of dependency problems there so again there are dangers that come with sex magic just you know it's not all fun and games um but that's down to the whole vulnerability um that goes on with intimate acts so you know it's not the only one there are other intimate acts that that have the same kind of warning labels that should be applied but there is this kind of there is room for exploitation there um and then i suppose that takes you nicely into um are you going to even touch slightly on on the temple stuff um no so temple prostitution because that's a huge subject i know we've got podcast coming on that anyway so we've got temple prostitution an entire podcast based on that because it's a big in-depth subject that we'd need to go in to more details so what i want to do is kind of bind things together and talk about uh because we've talked abortions on one of the other podcasts one of the patreon only podcast episodes so I'm not going to bother talking about that, even though someone asked, because we've already put content on about that. Instead, I want to remain talking about kind of black magic and curses. So they've also asked about curses. So blood magic involves getting that signature and interacting with the blood. So you could steal or be given the blood of one person, but you can access any blood relative of that person through that blood because they share the blood, right? For some of us, using the blood, if you're squeamish or just don't like all of the kind of fluids and the nastiness, it may be, what, inconspicuous? Is that the right word? To go and start slicing into arteries if you (laughs) want to get revenge on someone. Instead, what you might do is you might opt for a slightly sweeter approach. So... The pastor man at the local church, who's an asshole, who you don't like. Yes, you could get some of his biologicals. Yes, you could get some of his blood. Yes, you could steal some of his underwear. Yes, you could use his energetic signature through his picture, anything like that. But also, what you could do, if you're taking the blood sorcery blood magic approach without using any bloody blood is you could decide to sleep with his daughter and form a link through the daughter to said pastor because of course the pastor's daughter has the blood of the pastor and if you're talking about delving into because when you're talking about curses very often Most people think, I'm going to do a generational curse, I'm going to take your blood and then all of your descendants will be accursed. What we're talking about is we're talking about using blood as a street or highway or whatever you want to call it. Venice, in Venice, they don't really have roads in that. They have water and gondolas. Think of travelling from A to B, through the blood. And the blood is the same. Each person on that road in Venice, there's not really a road, I don't know what you'd call it though, 
each each house is a person and each person's connected via that water okay so if you decided that you wanted to curse the pastor and he's over the other side of the world or you don't really want to go or you're one of those sorts of witches they catch fire as soon as they enter a church like chris <laughs> then you might decide ah sleeping with the pastor's virgin daughter is so much more funny ironic and sweeter than stealing some of his blood or socks or something so what you might decide to do is to give the pastor's daughter a huge amount of the pleasure but whilst you're doing that access through her energy into her bloodstream into her link to the family members until you track down the pastor you could utilize the energy that the the girl the woman the pastor's daughter is giving you in the form of oh and you could transmute that energy into the form of a curse so you could use her own pleasure to power the curse that's going to curse her dad and fire that straight back down through her into that kind of pool of family and then straight into the pastor so yes it is funny stealing the pastor's favorite bible and cursing that so that when he carries it around with him it attracts the trouble but there's that approach and there's the approach of taking the pastor's daughter who he thinks is a virgin and is all sweetness and light co-opting her sleeping with her using her own sexual pleasure to power a curse that's gonna fuck up the pastor now i know which one i'd do if the pastor had a son if the pastor had a daughter i may be thinking that i might opt for the bible approach but you know if the pastor's got a cute son then i'm so going for that option i said about because it's so much more fun you know you've got to be thinking about this on a slightly higher level i think um instead of just this raising the energy because there's a lot going on there chris isn't there there's not just the kind of poetic justice of really screwing the pastor over in multiple ways but there's also kind of that idea of the sex with the devil and all that kind of thing that you get from folklore. Meeting yeah. the devil at the crossroads and he shags you. Us witches, we sometimes need to, uh, you know, do stuff like that to keep our reputations. Speak for yourself. So when the pastor is uh, crippled in that little wheelchair and his daughter says that he's uh, she's fallen in love with the local witch... And then the local witch turns up and says, ah, it's my fault you're in that wheelchair. And by the way, I've now got your daughter type thing. It's the sort of thing us bad witches have got to do from time to time. Otherwise, we'll get too much of a reputation for goody goodies. Don't you think, Chris? How all that love and light shit starts, innit? Yeah, exactly. We don't want to be fought as healers, do we? When they start calling me a healer, I'll know that I really need to do some fucked up shit. When they call me pure evil... I know that I need to start doing some nicer stuff. <laughs> but when they say, Liam, I don't know whether you're a good, bad, what, then I know I'm just right. Like Goldilocks in her perfect porridge. So what else do you want to leave it on? I don't know. I think we could have gone a lot darker than that. But I think we've we've given that an, uh, an appropriate way of, of warning you of... of 
roads not to go down or roads to be wary of and kind of like you know giving you some of the options that bear in mind it's not all of them we only had an hour at the end of the day and Liam had to make a few penis jokes so they you know those you've got to kind of get through that but the the in, in essence it is a never-ending resource to a certain extent if it's used properly um, and it's an enjoyable experience of from in the most part um, in order to find ways of uh, of getting extra energy when you're not sure you've got any because um, occasionally you get some people that talk about oh I, I don't do any big magic because I don't I have I have trouble raising energy well you know sex magic doesn't necessarily even need to include a partner um, you know, you can you can use this method on yourself in order to raise energy that you then then use um, through your day to day. So you know, is that why Anne Summers and um, Love Honey they call those contraptions wands? Is it because it is actually to make magic happen? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. So one final thing. Funnily enough, in the thread on the on the Facebook group, on the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Facebook group, some scammers decided to put a load of this. I am a very powerful and strong clairvoyant. I have 35 years of experience. I have solutions to all of your problems. My areas, return of affection, return to sender, bullet problem, home problem, possibility of difficult things. What else have they got? Um, Love, family, reconciliation, recovery from illness. I will help bring back your ex-partner. Your various consultations will be free. Write me. And then there's a link. Basically, it's a scammer. Don't click the link. But if you wanted homework in regards to curses and the like, the next time you're with your play partner, why not decide to curse this asshole they are putting this spam in our Facebook group. Now, I know the scammer has decided themselves to leave the group, probably because someone's already started working on the stupid bastard. But if you feel that you'd like to work on that person as well, and you can't think, well, I don't want a lottery number. There's nothing I want. I know what I'll do. The next time I have a sexy time, I'll uh, create some sort of curse and send it and fling it over to a said scammer from the group. You'd be doing everyone in the group a favour, I'm sure, and you'd probably be getting an orgasm out of it. So there we go. Thank you, and good night.